0: Like an artesian well, just welling up, with so much truth coming from God. But who or what is the prophet Isaiah speaking about, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God? We'll find an answer in Acts chapter eight, verses twenty-eight to thirty-five. Acts chapter 8, verses 28 to 35. Well, it's actually verse 26 we start. Just to give you a little background. This is Philip, one of the first deacons of the church in Jerusalem. God compelled him to go out as a deacon and to preach the gospel to the people of Samaria. The half-breeds, people that were looked down upon. He went there. And was preaching the word of God. Revival was going on. Thousands were coming to Christ. Putting away their sin. And turning to the Lord Jesus. In the midst of this circumstance. This is what happens to Philip the evangelist. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip. Rise up and go toward the south. To the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. So he arose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. The spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. So he asked him, do you understand what you are reading? The eunuch said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet speak this? About himself or someone else? A very revealing truth. He knew that the prophet was either speaking of himself or someone else. And he wanted to know, who was the prophet talking about? This is a man who was seeking to worship God. Had come all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. Had had spent some time at the temple. Worshipping. Now he's going back. We know he was a wealthy man. Because he had a scroll. A copy of Isaiah. That cost a big hunk of money back then. It wasn't the seven ninety dollars Bible that he could get. But this portion of scripture we just read. Is what this man was Reading. And he was reading it out loud to himself as he was riding along in a chariot. The answer Philip gives. Who was the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. This portion of scripture Tells us all about the good news. It begins the good news. It's a launch to understand the gospel about Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is the Christ, the promised Messiah, the Deliverer, the Holy One, Redeemer, the Savior from sin. And that's why the angel told Joseph, as we've just reviewed here in our Christmas season, As Joseph considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, editor's note here. Jesus, the transliteration of the Hebrew term Yahashua, contracted to Joshua, which means the Lord saves. For the Lord is salvation. You shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. So what is revealed from Isaiah chapter 53? He was pierced because of our transgressions. He was crushed because of our iniquities. He was cut off from the land of the living, stricken, because of the transgression of my people. He shall bear their iniquities. Because he poured out his soul to death. Was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of the many. And makes intercession for the transgressors. Seven times in this passage. One paragraph. It has told us he suffered. God's righteous servant suffered. Because of sins. Transgressions. Iniquities. All the things that we do. That are bad and wrong. The righteous servant of God suffered for that. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his wounds we are healed, saved, made well, restored to wholeness. This chastisement, this punishment by beating or whipping, And we know the crucifixion of Jesus in that story. But here we're told, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. John tells us in John 3.14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so also must the Son of Man be lifted up. John 12.32, Jesus said, When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he would suffer. Isaiah cries out in Isaiah 119. Come now therefore, let us reason together, says the Lord. Let's talk this through. Let's, let's, let's just consider the facts and the necessities. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be clean like wool. God says, your sin has stained you, marred you, and you don't know it. But I, I, the living God, alone can cleanse you. My servant shall be exalted. Philippians 2, 5-11. Let this manner of thinking be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Who even though he existed in form as God. Did not consider equality with God as something that he couldn't let go of. He emptied himself. Taking upon himself the form of a servant. And coming into human likeness. And having come in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself. Became obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Those in heaven, those on the earth, those under the earth. Every knee will bow to Jesus. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus the Messiah is God. To the glory of God the Father. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Those who know Jesus personally. Will confess him as their Lord and Savior. Those who reject him and refuse him. Will confess him as Lord and Judge. It's strengthening, encouraging and empowering us. To those of us who know the Lord Jesus. It should be terrifying to those who don't. Verse 14. As many as were astonished you, my servant. Why were they astonished? His appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. He became so disfigured from the whipping and beating and chastisement. He was so disfigured he was not recognizable as a human being. That's what our Lord Jesus did for each one of us. That's what he did. That's how much he loved us. That's how much he cares about us. And that's what he desires for us. Who has believed our message? Are you one who has believed this message? Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to satisfy God. Because whoever comes to God must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Do you believe that God truly exists? Or are I like you a fool that says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. You people are crazy. Do you believe that God will reward you if you seek after him? I'm living proof. I put my faith in God 54 years ago. And God has proved himself real, true, and faithful, dependable. My Jehovah Jireh, my great provider. Jeremiah tells us, you will call upon me and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord God. Are you seeking God with your whole heart? That's when you will find Him. That's when you will become known by Him. And you will know Him. We all want to know and follow this Lord Jesus of the Scriptures. It requires us time to intentionally, deliberately, day after day, seek after God. As A.W. Tozer put in his two books, The Pursuit of God and The Pursuit of Man. We need to respond to God's call and pursue Him in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Yes, God's suffering servant suffered a cruel, horrendous death suffered all this because of His great love for us. And First John tells us, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. You see, Jesus paid the price, the cost that could wash away every sin of every person that ever lived. But it only becomes a reality to those who respond by faith. And receive it as their free gift. 1 John 4.10 In this is love. Not that we love God. But that he loved us. And sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice. To take away our sins. What are you trusting in? What are you depending on for the cleansing and forgiveness of sin? For what person is there who has not sinned? Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 53.2. He grew up before him like a tender shoot. Like a root out of dry ground. This is Jesus grew up in the presence of God before him. In his very face. He had no stately form or majesty to attract us. No beauty that we should desire him. He had no form of majesty that we should look at him. He was not extraordinarily attractive. And he wasn't noted as someone of nobility or importance. Remember, he made himself nothing. He emptied himself. Took upon himself the form of a servant. Being born in a barn. With the animals. Very lonely place. When it says he emptied himself. That means to render void, hence to be without recognition, perceived as valueless, worth nothing. you ever feel that way? And Jesus purposefully made himself that way. I felt that way for a long time. Until I came to a realization of who I am in Jesus Christ. His Son, saved by His grace. I'm a saint, saved by the grace of God. And I'm going to live forever and walk with ever with my great King throughout all eternity. Hallelujah! When you feel like you're worth nothing, stop thinking that way. You are of great value. Because that's why Jesus suffered. To show you how much you are worth to God. God created you. He gave you life. He has a purpose for your life. He has plans for you. He wants you to walk with him and find what he wants to do in your life. I got saved in July of 1965. In late October, God worked over my heart. And I came to a place of absolute, total surrender that I would walk with God and serve him no matter what. In 1996, the first men's retreat I went to in this church with these men, I renewed that commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what. And I'm so glad I did. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. What sorrow did Jesus suffer? Apparently, his father had died. And he is the eldest son, the firstborn. In the Old Testament, the firstborn son was the one who normally received a double inheritance and was the one who would inherit his father's role as the head of the family. The responsibility of Jesus' brothers and sisters fell upon him as a young man, being acquainted with grief and sorrow. He was one from whom men turned their faces. They refused to look at him or consider him. He was despised. We did not esteem him. We didn't show him the respect and honor that he deserves. Surely, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Hebrews 2 tells us, Therefore, Jesus had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. Yet we esteemed him as stricken by God, cursed and afflicted by God. But, don't you love it when God butts in? But he, God's righteous servant, we know as our Lord Jesus, was wounded because of our transgressions, he was bruised because of our iniquities, he was crushed. On behalf of our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was put upon him. And by his stripes. The lashes with a whip. That were laid upon his back. The whip with strips of leather. Embedded with shards of glass and metal. To rip the skin open and cause extreme pain. Only because he was whipped. Can we be healed, made well, whole, restored to a right relationship with God? And all we like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his or her own way. Proverbs tells us, there is a way that seems right to each person, but the end thereof is the way of death. Isaiah says this in Isaiah 63, 17. Everyone has turned to his own way, In utter selfishness and estrangement from God. And the Lord, Yahweh, Jesus, has laid upon himself the iniquity of us all. First John tells us, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you might not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Messiah, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice that takes away our sins not ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. And the beat goes on. The message continues. Continues, continues, continues. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other font I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Make sure that you are trusting in the Lord's suffering servant. Jesus the Messiah. Trust him to take away your sin. I could probably preach for another two hours. But you would not like that at all. I know. (laughs) So in the light of that. And understanding that, that's the whole reason we have this meal, to celebrate the suffering servant of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's prepare our hearts for communion as the elders come. Chantel will come and play some music for us. Because this...